is Michael Rosso. Hey, welcome to one of our drive time shows. And this is a very special jo- dri- 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 This is a very special drive time show. Easy for you to say. By the way, it's F. Yeah, as in f uh, very special drive time show because we have some extra special guests who n- normally don't take part in our drive time episodes. Uh, my name is Michael Rosso, and one of our special guests is uh, Mr. Mark O'Brien. Hi, y'all. Who's on our regular podcast, but very rarely on our, you know, our John Fideli, a John Fideli, a John Fideli. That do. Uh, and of course, uh, Mr. Joby. Hello. And the people like used to like walk down the hallway and in college or high school, it's like, Joby Wan Kenobi, Joby Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just like that. The cheerleaders with the pom-poms. Yes. Joby you went Wonka to the fame Kenobi. school, the fame jo- high school. Well, the one thing, nice thing about that name is that it's easy to remember. I mean, Joseph is kind of generic and it's not so memorable, but Joseph, uh, Joby is pretty memorable. I have people that remember my name for years and I won't remember theirs at all. Mm. It's kind of bad. Talking to Mike again? I have no idea what you're The Queen. Your Majesty. He's on the golden line. I'm on the Hold golden on. line. Doesn't mean anything. Oh. I don't know where the cable's going. Oh, Jesus God almighty. I thought you just literally tested the levels. Oh, your oh. hands uh, tap. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Mark Dalzell. Hello. A regular of our uh, drive time shows. On yeah. this show. What show? Uh, let's open up with a letter. A letter. I got two letters over here. I got oh. letters, too. Oh, holy shit. I got Bueller letters. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I got a letter. Michael, just a quick note. In follow-up to this, uh, I got my first roll of 620 back from the darkroom and am pleased with what great photos my old Duoflex 2 actually takes. Posted some to Flickr in the FPP group and I am just beyond stoked to be using this camera again after decades of it collecting dust. Thank you for making it easy to start using it again with your re-rolls. See, all that time in the bag paid off. Uh, Okay, great. This is from Wesley King, by the way. Excuse me. The experience prompted me to get out my old Minolta XG1 and even to buy a lovely old Pentax 645 to play with. I can't believe what I've been missing in the 15 years since I shot film. Great fun. Thanks for helping me recatch. says catch, (laughs) but re in parentheses, recatch the film bug. Yes. All the best from Colorado. Okay. Enjoy those magic mushrooms. What's that that gentleman's name? Oh, it did. Enjoy the mushrooms, man. Wesley King. Yes. From Colorado. Yeah, Pentax 645 doesn't seem to get as much love as some of the others, but it's Do you great. love it? Oh, yeah, I do. You give it love? I give it lots of love. King is king. Let's do another letter, Mr. Mark O'Brien. Century Graphic Conversion to Pinhole. This is from Jerry Ann. Hello, FPP crew. I was just catching up on the podcast, and something that Mike, Mark O'Brien, mentioned about pinhole cameras caught my attention. Towards the end of the podcast, he suggested converting an old folding camera with good bellows into a pinhole camera. Bellows. I actually did this very project a few years ago. Bellows. (laughs) So I wanted to chime in and say that I highly recommend it, and the project was actually much easier than I anticipated. I did a blog write-up, Jade and Dom. J and Dom. What? It's www backslash backslash 235676.com forward slash 367. (laughs) One of the wonderful <laughs> benefits that, to having chosen this camera is relatively easy to find in extra film backs for. I think what he's talking about, he didn't actually use a folding camera, which a century graphic conversion is does fold. But when I was talking about folding cameras, I was about 120 folding cameras. Mm. He's, he's using a, a graphic. That's a baby, a baby press. A baby, a baby press graphic, yeah. yeah. So, so um, 
Yeah, you can find extra film backs for it. <laughs> New sound because effects. Because it, it does do roll film. A little while after completing the conversion, I found a second back for my camera on eBay. I loaded the color film in one, black and white in the other. I was able to swap backs in the field and choose which film to shoot and based on the subject. Um, you can use the dark slide to uncover the pinhole quickly. Count the exposure, cover the pinhole, replace the dark side. Also, Mr. Rasso, Mike Rasso. Yes? I recently bought a Kodak 620 <laughs> off of eBay, and the seller tossed in the Kodak Hawkeye Instamatic F for free. Yes? Whoa. Labeled for parts, because the seller thought it was broken. Yes? It turns out it is functional, which of course prompted me to seek out 126 cartridges. Mm-hmm. I picked up one of your Facmatic cartridges from the FPP store, and I also watched the video where you had tried the Facmatic in this Hawkeye without success because mm-hmm. of the film advance lever thing you get stuck. That's Remember? correct. Remember? I think I have found a way to make it work, and I plan to shoot a video about it as soon as I can, run another test roll through it. Love the show. Keep spreading the film love, Jerry Ann. And what date is that? This was April 26, 2019. Okay, where's, where's the video? <laughs> he hasn't done it yet. Mm. We wait. No, she hasn't done it yet. Okay. Jerry Ann. Okay. Oh. All right, so we're waiting. <laughs> Still waiting after all these years. Yeah, you're garbage. Prove uh, me wrong. <clears throat> you want to read another one? Nah. I got one more left. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hey, one more letter from John. From Neil Westergaard. That's a good name. Two A's, Westergaard. I recently discovered your podcast and am currently binge listening my way through both recent and old episodes. That's like a, a pastime. Isn't That's it? so funny. I'm binge eating Hershey's dipped pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Save a couple, won't you? Okay. All right. They're too bags. I'm a child of the 50s, and my very first film camera was a Kodak Brownie Starfish, which I received as a Christmas no, 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 present. No, no. Does not say, <laughs> what? Does not starfish. say starfish there. All right. Cut the comedy. Sorry, Charlie. Only the best tuna get to be star-kissed. Oh, Starflash. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ran out of ink. I can't read anything on these. I'm trying to fill in the blanks. <laughs> Starflash. Starflash. For How's Christmas, this, John? But that's the proper way. So Hershey's dip pretzels come in a, like, what'd you call this? Aluminum bag? A resealable Mylar. bag. A resealable. And most people, they put their whole filthy hand in to <laughs> pull out. And men have hair on their knuckles, some yeah. men. Yeah. And yeah, so you lots. wind up with knuckle hair in there. Yeah. Dirt. <laughs> Dirt plus, from fingernails. Plus, you know, the maybe... John's eating it, it's fingernails. You know, yeah. like from a per- scientific perspective, like 0.00008 fecal matter. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you don't know. And you want to no, eat some you more just shouldn't put this, your right? hand... It's not but this is the... Blanket. You dump it into it. your hand. That's the way I'm doing it right now. But when you guys used to have your band Smooth Sailors... Nobody dumped it. Everybody... Allen. Jammed their hands in Kenichi, I'm, 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 I'm Stracci. Stracci. Cuneo. Yeah. They all like it would be like the big yeah like big bag of popcorn. It was this. It was like this. We yeah. still do. And they would just. When, I would watch when John and I are at the studio. He sits across the room and I try and throw things into his mouth. Yeah. I, I would watch like them, especially Alan, put his big hand in, and I watch your face. I'd just be like, I'm not eating out of there. That's it. I'm done. Out of his hand. He would put his hand in there. It was like a like a, a construction a piece of a construction equipment because he would come out and shit like would a fall, claw, and fall a claw machine and some would go in his mouth. Oh, I didn't get any. Exactly. Going yeah, back yeah. in. One going those, back again. One of those carnival machines. Play till you win. Your hands are filthy. <laughs> I'm not touching them. Yeah, right. I always lost, no matter if he won or lost. John, please continue. All right, I'm a child of the '50s, and my very first film camera was a Kodak Brownie Star Flash, which I received as a Christmas present when I was eight or nine. I remember being over the moon excited. 
My dad had an Ares 35V, which he sometimes let me borrow. Uh, dad was always interested in photography, and I spent many hours pouring through his popular photography and modern photography magazines. Did you ever subscribe to those as a child? Yeah, not um, as a as a college student. Yeah, subscribe or just like read them in the in the. No, subscribe to popular photography. Oh, okay. Uh, I won't go quite so far as to claim that everything I need to know about photography I learned from 1950s and 60s photo magazines, but it's probably not too far from the truth. On a final note, I received a shipment today from Film Photography Project, including a C41 kit, and since I already have a sous vide heater, makes great pork chops, very tender and juicy. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, a sous vide. I think this you're talking about said. an immersion This is what heater. Neil said. He said sous vide. Immersion circulator. Immersion circulator. Oh, okay. You can dub that in. Uh, I should be all set for my first try at color developing. I also purchased a quart. I also purchased a quart of FPP archival film wash. That's and on good. Leslie's recommendation, I will make a change to my film washing technique, which has served me well over the last forty years. Thanks for the podcast. It is really very entertaining. Oh, excellent, Joby. Yes, I have Neil. to give a plug for the archival film wash. I actually use it for my tin types as well. Oh, it's fantastic stuff. It really shortens wash times, and it's just. You know, a miracle product. So thank you for making that available. Mm-hmm. Joe B. was not paid for that endorsement. That's right. These pretzels, not only are they dipped, but they're dipped and then they're drizzled yes. mm. with dark chocolate. But you're supposed yeah. to say, what? these pretzels are making me thirsty. Mm. What's that from? Seinfeld. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Seinfeld. Oh. Mm. Who or says as, that? Or George? as my father-in-law calls it, Steinfeld. In a Woody Allen movie. He had one line in a Woody Allen movie. Which Woody Allen movie? Your mouth's way far from the microphone. It's in the oh, show. It's, it's not in a real the show. It's not a real movie. Oh, okay. It's just he had one line for the whole... Or it might and have been Kramer. I can't and remember. And who was that name. from? Who? That letter. That was from Neil Westergaard. Okay. Boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. When we come back, we're going to talk, be talking about the Brady Bunch. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Oh, what's with the dark glasses? I never seen a tuna in dark glasses. You don't see tunas with cigars every day either. Oh, come on. What's with the shades? I'm going up to the ciphers for a look around. Like the sun hides my eyes, you know? Ooh, what's up there? A star-kissed tuna scout. A star-kissed tuna scout? Hey, how about if I go along? Forget it, kid. You'll never even notice you. Why not? You'll never make the weight. Besides, it ain't what you are, it's who you know that counts. You gotta have connections. You got connections? My brother-in-law, Starkist, took him last month. I'm sure he put in a wait for me. Yeah, what I tell you, they sent for me. All right, cut the comedy. Sorry, Charlie. Only the best tuner get to be Starkist. Insist on Starkist. Tell him Charlie sent you. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, we're back. Uh, I've been watching... Uh, the Brady Bunch on Hulu here in the U.S. You're, right now? Yes, the whole series is on. Oh, my God. Except for some seasons, I don't know if you noticed, episode one is missing. I think they hold back just a few episodes for the fanatics because they want to sell the box set DVD. Oh, is that right? I think so. That's what's coming. No, it's out there. It's weird oh. that they would not have... Like season episode. three, episode one, not there. That's very And that's strange. a two-parter when they go camping. Hmm. Oh, in the uh, Grand Canyon? Grand, uh, yes. That's yes, weird. there's cameras in that episode, mm-hmm. Instamatics. And then there's a episode called Click, which I told Joby about. Yeah, that's great. I episode. said, oh, you know, hey, check out this episode, Click. Maybe you want to do a quick review. 
talk about like what how camera centric it is. Well, I had to I had to take some notes just so I would remember everything. Can you can you tell everyone out there like the Brady Bunch like do the setup like what okay. is it? Uh, basically, in this episode, um, no. What is the Brady Bunch? Oh, it's the oh, story it's... of a lovely lady who was living <laughs> at three, three lovely girls. girls. All of them had hair of gold, <laughs> like their mother. Like their mother. The youngest one had curls. curls. Dun, 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 dun. And it's also the story of a man named Brady yes. who was living with three boys of his own. Yes, there were four men all together, but they were all alone. Then one day, this lady met this fellow, and they knew it was much more what than a hunch, hunch that this they would group. soon. Can somehow be a family. Yeah, what did they call themselves? And that's how they, they became the Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. That's how they became the Brady Bunch. Then Bink Alice. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, Alice was the housekeeper. Alice yes, housekeeper, yeah. she and came. Sam, Sam the butcher. Uh, Alice was. She oh, came along okay. with the package. Girl. So this episode, I think it was season three. Season three, episode 12 or 11 or yeah, something. Yeah, called Click. Click. And Why? In general, prim- well, the premise is that um, the, the youngest, where is this? By the way, this is the only podcast in America that's mm. doing a review of this episode of the Brady right Bunch, now right. with notes. Well, first of all, I'll say I was Bobby as a kid doing exactly what he would do was... He goes around during the whole episode taking candid pictures of everyone in the family doing, making silly faces and doing silly things. And Greg, the older one, has a he shoot Bobby shooting with what a uh, Instamatic one twenty six. Yeah, and Greg has some sort of unknown thirty five SLR that I hadn't figured out which it is, which what it is. But Greg is busy. Greg gets on the football team, and of his course. mom didn't want him to be on the football team because she was worried he'd get hurt. So of course he gets hurt. He tries to hide it from the mom, and they go, "We well, can't do it anymore." And the whole time he's been playing with his camera, shooting his sort of girlfriend at the time. He's a cheerleader, right? I remember. And he now. ends up deciding that he's not going to play football, but he's going to be a photographer for the team, right? Instead, and the, but the whole time, um, Alice has got this blackboard in the kitchen, and she's trying to remember a famous recipe of hers. And she keeps writing it half out, and they keep erasing it before she finishes <laughs> it. And she keeps, you know, rather than pulling out a sheet of paper. And doing yeah. the appropriate thing, she keeps trying to write it on this blackboard. God, so Alice. Bobby, during the episode, actually takes a picture of her and the blackboard with everything written on it. So oh. he kind of saves the day. But I just thought, it, you know, my fr- initial thought about the show was, it's amazing what passed for good acting back then. Oh, and <laughs> good writing. Be, that would be number one. I mean, they're so they're so straightforward and, uh, I don't know, simplistic that they're brilliant. But it does, you know, it addresses a thing that's, I mean, a topic that we've all run into is where Bobby at the beginning goes up to Greg and says, I just I just shot shot number seven and accidentally turned the thing past eight and now I'm on nine. How do I get back to eight? Mm. You know, he's like, well, you can't. He goes, well, I spent my whole allowance on this on this film. Yeah, I want to get back to eight. See, there's the reality right. when you're a young, broke photographer. The the dad cracks me up, too. Like, he drives up, and then rather than getting out of the driver's side, he slides over and gets out of the passenger side of the car just so he can be in the shot with Greg immediately rather than, like, wasting two seconds to walk around. But it's so awkward looking. You see him, like, just, you know, slide over the center part of the car and get out of the, the passenger seat. Bench Some seat. director did that. And, of course, the, the mom says, you know, no son of, my, no son of mine is going to play football. And all I could think of was the water boy with Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it felt like the exact same premise. <laughs> but, but mama, I like the foosball. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the food. No, son of mine's going to play foosball. Foosball is the ball. devil. <laughs> oh, that actually happened? In the water boy? Yeah. yeah. You never saw I only saw boy. it once. Oh, oh it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's really good. That's where the, uh, you can do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Schneider. You can do it. Okay. So 
the other thing I thought was funny was that there were scenes where if this if this show was reproduced today, the scenes would be completely different. Hmm. Like Greg is the last one to leave the gym, and the coach comes in hmm. and says, "I thought you'd be dressed and out by now, Greg." <laughs> you know, I'm thinking. I mean, he didn't say it like that. I made it a little more suggestive. It just made me wonder, like, oh, okay, you know. And then, and then later when he gets hurt, the coach sends everybody else at, to go back to the game and leaves himself with with Greg and Greg, and he says, "Now lift up that jersey, Greg. I want to take a look at those ribs." <laughs> mm, you got some fine ribs in there, <laughs> yeah, you know. But of course, back then there were it was just so, you know, innocent. Innocent. Greg's girlfriend also cracked me up because her, her acting was the most strange of the whole thing because she would smile for no particular reason when she said things. And he he told her he called her on the phone and said, "Well, I guess you don't want to be my girlfriend anymore because I'm not on the team anymore." And she goes, "You know, you must think I'm a really shallow and superficial kind of person." And then then he says, "Oh, well, you know, I just wasn't thinking." And she goes, "Well, okay." <laughs> You can do it. <clears throat> he monopolizes the bathroom, which yes. the, the girls' room is on one side, the boys' room is on the other, and the, and the bathroom's in the middle. Yeah, and he would. He, there's a scene with the enlarger in the oh, bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the girls Jesus. come in and say, "Are you guys done developing your pictures in there? We want to wash our hair because they had gotten kicked appara- kicked out of the um, laundry room by Alice, apparently. So that's why they were in the bathroom in the first place. Okay, uh, I found it interesting that. That Greg seemed to be taking pictures of Lynette when she was cheering at their house, all in the horizontal format. And then you see the pictures uh-huh. that he took, and they're all for, they're oh, all portrait size. The, the there was a, a a line in his bedroom, and he was hanging and the he had, prints. He had yeah. newspapers underneath it, so it would drip on the newspapers oh, okay. and not on the carpet. Mm. And it, it looked all brown and everything. I'm like, how? What has he got dripping oh, on this? Oh my God. The, the, but the, the 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 real kind of catch of the show at the end was that Greg. There was a bad call during the football game, and Greg took a picture that showed that the player who caught the ball was actually in bounds. And, he goes, and yeah, so they keep blowing up the photo, right? Yeah, they keep blowing it oh, up. Oh yes, even like though the larger up. height keeps stays the exact same, <laughs> but they keep blowing up. I mean, the larger should have been like way up here yeah. to, to enlarge it as much as they did. But yeah, they kept, I don't know. I don't think you can reverse a game score after you know days after no. it's been <laughs> been scored. But oh, I'm going to go show this to the coach. Maybe this will give him some ammunition to. Complain to somebody about it, but right. anyway, they ended up giving him a job to actually film movies of the the, the football team instead. So, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, every high school game up in the the bleachers, there was like a little room, and in that room was a kid or a coach or an assistant with a sixteen millimeter camera, and of course, they were known as football films, and they would shoot every game. Yeah. My dad is a football coach for many years, and in our basement were boxes and boxes filled of game films right where are they boxes now boxes and boxes oh they're in the garbage oh the, the 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 only other really peculiar thing i noticed about the show was that the sliding glass door was perfectly clean <laughs> and all the windows perfectly clean well, I'm, I'm guessing there's not even any glass in them but alice i mean she's yeah. that's but her yeah, she's but got they nothing a, better to do but they had a dog no no that, do- <clears throat> that dog disappeared oh, the first it? episode oh, okay came in tiger gone oh okay they ate him yeah, we have not. You've seen this show, Mark? Mark's looking disgusted. Never. You've never it's seen the show. I've never seen a clip of this He's show. He's Canadian. But if you look, Didn't if have you this look in when Canada. they slide open the I'm glass I'm Canadian door, and young. I mean, it is pristine. <laughs> I, I've never seen a sliding glass door that just wasn't scratched and banged and dusty. And Especially with kids. Separate. Yeah, I just... Yeah, fingerprints, no fingerprints yeah. on it or anything. It's just... Do you remember watching this series as ch- as a kid? No, I think I oh, only saw, you're too young, maybe. Yeah, I'm too young. I saw I saw it in syndication. Okay, a little bit. Okay, it just wasn't my. I the remember show that watching I liked. it first those, run. 
for his one after school, you know, okay. when I come home. And it was I, not your cup of tea. I'd rather watch I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it was on Friday nights, and right after, I think, was Emergency. Pork shops and uh, applesauce. Huh? <laughs> when we come back... Uh, Talk about something photo-related. All right, we're going to give Mark the topic, finally. Well, I didn't mean that. It's been months since we've given you a topic. I uh, know, it's true. Okay. I've just been sitting here. What is the topic going to be? Are we back already? No, let's go away. Okay. Dracula just came and visited us. Oh, my God. Hey, Drac, what's up? Nothing. Nothing. What, what is, is up is with you? <laughs> I'm flattered oh, okay. that you would... Put out a film that I could not be captured on. Ah, ah, ah! So, Dracula, what's what's so great about this film? You want I should tell? Tell. Twenty-four of exposure at the sixty-four I saw. It's black and white, just in time for Halloween. Well, I can also tell you some other things about it. Oh, what, John? It's the classic Eastern European panchromatic Svima FN64 formula. That is, as Dracula said, a 64 ISO. A chillingly strong choice for almost any situation and will work in any automatic or compact camera, even without a DX code. Well, thank you for putting me on the film, Michael Russell. You're very welcome. How much money will I be making per roll? <laughs> Thank you, Count. Hey, we're back. Hey. Mark D, what do you got? Now that I've had a few minutes to think about it, should I talk about a camera? Yeah. yeah if you must. <laughs> well. What's this camera called? I must. This camera is, what's it called? This is the Terron 35. Oh. What? How do you spell that? T-A-R-O-N, number three, number five. And what country does it come from? Japan. Okay. Well, Hi. Will you put a picture of that, a beauty shot on there it? There already is. Okay. Very good. It has some test images. You shot with it? Yeah. Okay. Please continue. Briefly. Okay. Um, this is the Terron. Technically, this is the Terron 35 III. <laughs> but there's How's no, go, there's no record. There's no record of a Terron 35I or II. It's just the I, I, I. I don't know why they just jump right to, the, to, just right to that. But um, on the front is a little PC port, mm. and there's a little label that lets you know that this port is M and X synced. Okay, that's good. And there's no other markings on the camera that would give you a huh. model number. Huh. So this, ca- this camera is commonly referred to as the Teron MX. Okay. So if you okay. ever see Teron MX. Uh, it's a good little 50s Japanese rangefinder. Um, this came out in the uh, early 50s, I believe. It's got a f- like typical 45 millimeter, but very fast 1.9 lens on it, oh, cool. um, which is pretty fast for kind of an unknown junkie rangefinder. That's finder. nice. Uh, unfortunately, mine, the rangefinder, is gummed up a little loose on the inside, so I've, I've had to zone focus this one while I was shooting with it. Uh, and even that, I, I later found out, I think my, my, my focusing is off a little bit somehow, so I'm going to need to take this one apart and see what's going on with it. To focus it, you do have this little knob on the bottom, which I love, because normally on cameras like this, as I'm trying to focus it, I always grab the aperture or the shutter speeds or mm-hmm. something. This one's got the little, the, little, um, the little knob. The thing that I love most about it, this is the most famous feature of this camera. The majority of their design budget went into this, the rewind knob. 
So when you want to... Look, he's leaning in. Mm-hmm. He's leaning in. When you want to rewind the camera, you pull this little thing out right here. That pops oh! up. And then this lifts up and folds down. Oh. And that's your rewind. It's, wow. Cool. It's so beautiful. Like you, it could have taken a hint from that. Uh, and then when you want to just flip it up, and it just clicks back in. Oh. That's, so that's the best part of this camera is rewinding it. What, and what was your expression on your face when you first saw that? It, well, at first I thought oh, I was trying to pull it up. Like, how do you get this to come out? And then once I saw the little thing, I was amazed at the the technology that went into it. It was over the work. moon. That's I love stuff like that. It's like a little steampunk rewind knob. Otherwise, yeah, like I said, there's not too much to say about it. It's got standard speeds of a second down to a 500th of a second plus bulb. Uh, your aperture range is 1.9 to 22. Um, it'll focus all the way from... Uh, three and a half feet to infinity, which is as far as you could possibly oh. even focus anything, which is amazing. Frame counter, cold shoe, leatherette, tripod mount, dude, back opens to put film inside it. Do scientists <laughs> attach camera bodies to telescopes? Yeah. Like like in an observatory? Yeah. Yeah. They do? Totally. Are they Nikons? Usually. Like if they I- want to get something. Like a Nikon no, F? They're usually EOSes. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, they could be um, plate plate bags. Four by five. Oh, interesting. Okay, please continue. Back in the day, today there there are digital imaging sensors. But I'm sure. I'm sure they're all digital now. Yeah, but yeah. I'm always impressed when I see really good film star photography, astro- astronomical photography. Anyway, there's not much else I was going to say about this. This was just a little flea market find camera. I've heard of Teron before. I'd never seen this model. The Terons that I usually find aren't even working. They do tend to seize up. Um, I mean, were they a thing in Japan? For how long? Teron was around for decades. I've got a few Terrons. I've got another Teron. It's called the Teron. I love the, the, the name of it. The Teron Unique. Mm. Um, it actually says Unique on the front of it. Okay. Uh, my Teron Unique does not work. But maybe someday I'll get it working. In that respect, it is unique. Exactly. It's a, like all Probably the other broken not. cameras I have. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. <laughs> it's a Teron what, John? I, 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 I. We'll be right back. Hey. Introducing Film Photography Project's newest monster film Wolfman 35 and 120 Black and White Film. Film Photography Project's Wolfman Film. It's howlingly good. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. Uh, Mr. Mark O'Brien is going to review a camera or a book. A book. Oh. A book about cameras. This was sent in to us to have a look at. It's a... The book is called Analog Photography, not riveting title. Yeah. <laughs> is, <laughs> um, reference Manual for Shooting Film by Andrew Bellamy, published by, I believe, Princeton Architectural Press. And it was published, first published in 2017, in first English edition. When I first opened up this book, I didn't quite know what to think of it because it's illustrated in the manner of camera manuals from the 50s. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's not, if you were to look at, take a design class and they would say, 
well, why isn't A, why isn't this in color or whatever? But it doesn't have to be. But the thing is, is he's generified what the various parts of the camera do. So even though it's different cameras used in here, and some of us could probably tell you which ones they are just by looking at the parts, he doesn't focus on a particular brand. Um, he explains what each part is. He's got little numbered keys to the thing, to each page and what's on. There's even the back of an Argus C3, which like, like I'm looking at, what? you know. So there's that part aspect of it, which is basically... If you, as I understand it, if you look at, if you know what you're looking at, it helps to have someone explain to you how to use it, if you know what the parts are and how they work. And that's basically the function of this book. And then he goes into all these various terms um, in sections, um, focal plane mark, mark on the camera, angle of view, what that means, lens characteristics and flaws, lens hoods, speeds and exposure, goes into these things um i think in a pretty pretty straightforward manner but again it looks like you're looking at a, at a 1950s camera manual that used to be put out by focal press and you some of us have seen some of those and this is designed for those who are picking up an older manual 35 millimeter slr he doesn't just i didn't discuss 120 or any other roll film it doesn't camera. does not i think everything's explained very well it's very straightforward. If I were uh, to say that to give it anything I wish it had more of would be photographic examples of the results from things. Right. So someone could get a better idea of what's going on. But on the other hand, he talks about here's, you know, how split screen focusing when in the Penner Prism works and things like that. It's basically for using older cameras because the modern ones, you know, may have manuals and all that. But for me, the thing that was most useful in here was the light value tables. Mm. Instead of, I mean, we have a lot of cameras have that have EVs or exposure values, but light value tables are actually more appropriate than than EVs. And so, you know, if you've got an ISO here, it's like that. Imagine the um, the black cat exposure um, guide. Exposure yeah. guide. That's kind of what this this is here on on a couple of pages. It's a useful book. I mean, if if you want. He talks about half frame, 35 millimeter. It combines a lot of different uh, information sources you might get from different books into one. It doesn't talk about how to develop your film, and that's not what it's about. It's about using your camera and the parts that in it. And I think if you have this, don't have the old camera manuals to help you figure out how to use your camera, this would be very, very helpful, at least knowing what you're looking at. So, yeah. Do you think this is good for a school? <sighs> it would be a good reference book. It's not so much a how-to book as, as it is a, a, a reference manual. Who is this? Who do you think would benefit most from this book? I think someone who's not familiar with 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 film cameras and who's coming from the digital realm and who expects everything to be, you know, instantly the camera does all the work for you. He's talking about in here cameras that are manual, totally analog, and mm-hmm. therefore, you know. If you if you give someone something like a a Maxim Seven or a Nikon N sixty five or or a Canon EOS film camera, all those things are all so automated that they don't even think about it. But if you've got, let's say, you give them a Pentax Spotmatic or maybe uh, some old rangefinder, they would probably find this book really useful in figuring out how things work on the camera, what, where they're located and what they are, and, and how you make use of them. It's a nice technical guide to someone who wants to learn about film cameras, really. It's for new guys. Thank you, Mark.
You're welcome. So you recommend it? Yeah, I give it a recommendation, yeah. Excellent. Before we take a quick break, Joby, do you have any, like, uh, we'll take the time machine. Any FPP tidbits come to mind of, like, famous moments in FPP history? Well, you know what I need to start doing is just writing down the quotes of the show, because you guys have so many notable quotes, and especially the early ones when Dwayne and John start riffing off each other, and then you, the, the trio of you were so kind of inspirational to the other about making it funny, that there was just countless, you know, funny moments. Hmm. And I, I, I just listened to one yesterday, and I can't remember what it was, but it just had me laughing all the way here. The I think I mentioned on the previous one was the fupapo, which I had never even heard the first three times I had heard. I don't know anything about fupapo. Oh. Said, welcome to the FPP, and I went fupapo. Do you think that the fact that you haven't slept in like two days maybe <laughs> is the fact that you can't remember anything? Probably. I've, I've slept to <laughs> just minimal amounts here right. and there. Hey, we'll be right back. Hey, folks, Michael Rosso. Just a quick note about shooting home movies on film. The Film Photography Project has brought back the regular 8 format and now offers film, developing, and scanning right in our online store, filmphotographystore.com. As a matter of fact, we support filmmaking across the board with not only regular 8 film, but a full line of Super 8 film and 16mm film, including some brand new exclusive film stocks. Check it all out filmphotographystore.com find your parents, grandparents home movie camera and start shooting or head over to a thrift store car boot sale or ebay.com pick up a camera and start shooting some movies on film home movies on film at the Film Photography Project Hey, we're back. Is it was there also a Canon EOS one V? This is one V. There was oh. one N is the um, but why isn't the next to the one there's no V? They no. ran out of space? It's just very faint. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I think this is a well used copy. I think it was a little brighter. And is this the, the Cadillac of Canon? This was the last professional model that they made. And I wish they had taken it one you know, made one more generation like Nikon made the F six. I wish they had make made one more that incorporated some of the things that the later the Elan cameras have. This will be a short and kind of sweet review of this camera because there's so many reviews of this camera already on the internet. The, the number one drawback to this camera is that it does not have, you have to use two thumb wheel, two wheels to focus, to set the autofocus point. Mm. You have to push a button and then turn these two to make it, one does up and down and one does side to side. And by the time you've done that, whatever you're shooting mm. in, a, in a high you know, action sequence already is changed. already gone. Well, what do you mean set the, the focus point? Explain, if it's uh, autofocus. Well, if I show you, like, the you back, of my, the back of my digital camera, yeah, there's a grid for oh. autofocus points. And most modern digital cameras and some of the some of the Elans and things, I have an Elan 7N that has a, a at least a, like an up-down, side-to-side button that you can push. And the, these have, like, a little wheel that you can push in different directions. And it allows you to set the autofocus point re- really quickly. But on, the, on this um, 1V, you have to push... A button, and then turn this to go up and down, and this to go side to side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was really time consuming. And it's kind of a pain. So what it which it has a hundred custom functions. So you could set it to remember one point, 
and then you could push a button, it would focus on that point. But in general, you just, I was always kind of fishing. So I would, what I would do is just kind of set it on a point where I thought something was going to happen. You had to kind of predict a lot more rather than with digital or, or these later lines where you could kind of move it around really quickly. But this is this literally is a tank. I mean, it is weatherproof. It is solid. It, if you are familiar with the the one bodies, the the more professional bodies of Canon, the digital ones, the top and every, all the buttons are in exactly the same place. They all do the same thing, and it it literally is like you said, the Cadillac of Canon EOS cameras. It's weatherproof. It's sturdy. You could beat someone up with it if you needed to. It's very very yeah. strong. It shoots three frames per second like this, but there's another version. There's a version that has a high-speed, you know, power-boosting back that makes it, you know, gives you a vertical grip that can shoot 10 frames per second. Oh, at the time, smokes. it was the fastest, you know, film camera. It's rated to shoot 150,000, you know, cycles of that shutter. Now, the, this was just finally re- uh, recently discontinued by Canon in 2018. Stop it. This, was, this film camera was still for sale. It was, I think, and what a lot of other people were speculating was that they stopped oh, making them yeah. a while back, but they had a overstock of it, and they just finally made it official last May. So yeah, a year ago they decided to say that this camera was now discontinued. <clears throat> but um, the nice thing about it, I think we've talked in previous episodes where I've been on, is I was always trying to buy cameras that I thought that would last me, you know, my lifetime. This camera is still serviceable through 2020. Uh, and actually, they'll service it through 2025, but only if they have parts. Mm. So they're guaranteeing to have parts through October of 2020. So if you have one of these cameras and you want to get a final CLA or get anything, any kind of conditional issues fixed, you've got until October 2020 to get it fixed. What would the Canon charge for a, t- uh, a, a, clean, a CLA, clean lubricate, adjust? That's a good question. I don't know. This was the funny thing I, when I was reading about the Alon 7N and the, the, the other camera I got, that the Canon called those Alon cameras high amateur class <laughs> autofocus SLR cameras. High amateur class. <laughs> so the Alon's That's are... That's the pro version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Pro, it's the, a very roundabout the way of saying high amateur pro. class. Yeah. Have you shot with the Alon's? I do. Yeah, that was, I, I got an Alon 7N new in the box for 50 bucks. In fact, the the little um, vertical grip on it probably cost as much as the camera when I got it. What did these go for when they were still in the catalog? They were like fourteen hundred dollars or something like that mm. when they were brand new. Um, I got this particular one for about three fifty, maybe five or six years ago, and the other one I got for maybe four hundred dollars. And they now I, on eBay, I was looking at, I looked them up, and they're anywhere between five and eight hundred dollars now, oh. depending upon their condition and age and how many cycles they've gone through. Now, this had a most ridiculous thing. It had a shooting data recording system, which, of course, now works for Windows 95. Oh, wow. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Mac OS 8 point something or 9, something something completely outdated. But what it would do is it would would keep 100 rolls of films data on all the shooting, um, you know, aperture, aperture, shutter speed, everything. But you had to... You know, plug it in and download it and everything, and that obviously isn't possible anymore. So that was a hmm. a feature that disappeared. Kind of a short sighted feature, don't you think? Yeah, they they just didn't even try to keep up with computers updating. You know, it's part of that built in obsolescence we have with our digital cameras, where 
the software is going to destroy the cameras much sooner than the actual hardware, probably, because things get out of date. It'll shoot uh, ISO 6 to 6400, 60, so it's a huge range, in it, but it'll only do DX coding through 20, 25, 25 to 5000. I've never seen a DX code for 5000. That's pretty interesting. But the battery is you know, a little, one of the more expensive batteries. I guess it's the 2CR5 battery. Oh, some yeah. bitch. <laughs> Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> so that that I'm not very happy about, but, it's, but the battery seems to last through you know maybe 40 rolls of film. Okay, 40. I mean it lasts a while. It had like I said, it has so many custom functions. You can set it to rewind slowly, rewind fast, delayed rewind. You know all those things. Leave the tongue out. Leave the tongue out. I have them set to leave the tongue. That's yeah. one of the few things I've set. All these um, the manual I think you can get from Buckus. Yeah, Mike Buckus. Yeah, I think that's where I got mine. B u t k u s. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a great camera. I. I, I Thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, I have a pair of them because I um, I wanted to be able to shoot two at once. With you know, when you're out in a boat, I don't want to take lenses on and off. Mm, right. So um, I, I have one with one lens, one with another, and and just go with it. And the other one does need a CLA pretty bad. It's got something weird going on with the finder. So I've got to, mm. what I'll do you want to do? Going to send it in. Okay. And I'll know how much it's going to cost. You let us CLA. know. Got to do that, HR. Yeah. That's right. Excellent. What film are you shooting these days? Uh, my favorite 35 millimeter film is T Max 400. Okay, very good. I also good. really love the e- the um, the Eastman Double X. Okay, very nice. I really nice. like that film. I think I think that film, and I wondered why until I found uh, some old can- 100 foot cans that my dad had, and that's what one of the films that he would bulk buy for his darkroom when he taught uh, darkroom classes in high school. So uh, the look apparently was familiar to me, and I just was gravitated toward because that's what I shot when I was a kid. I guess. Right. Right. But the T-Max 400 is just really clean. I think T-Max 400 is a great film for people who maybe come from digital and want to shoot film and want still to have a real clean, fine-grained film that's still fast. Yep. I think that's, that's a really excellent film. Not, not so for 11 by 14 because I'll never be able to afford it. It's like $24 a shot for 11 by 14 which is kind of ridiculous. And they come in a box of 10 sheets? box of 10, yeah. We're going to switch topics right now. Oh, yeah, sure. And Joby's going to talk about... <laughs> And now, Joby... You, you announced it. You're going to talk about... What are you going to talk about? Organizing your negs damage. Organizing your negs for future use. So, Joby! Thank you. So, my dad died in October of 2017, and he taught high school photography and was a prolific shooter, kind of a snapshot shooter, but he, he kept all of his family negatives and then had thousands of his own negatives, and when students would leave negatives in his classroom, he would collect those. Oh, so, boy. So... I came to inherit, you know, those 100-foot spools of film. I, I have 12 or 13 of those filled all the way to the center with just rolls and rolls of film, completely all mismatched, all, you know, oh, I mean, Christ. even like crappy film that wasn't even processed well where there's like one good image of the whole roll. He kept it all. So this is my plea to anyone who's shooting <laughs> a lot of film and wants to save their, wants to save, make it easy on their families when they die and that is you need to organize your negatives now. You need to decide what's important, mark it all up. You need to make prints of what you think is most important. And then now in this stage where we're scanning and everything, write on the print file sleeves what the damn file name is so that your family can figure out where oh, what's boy. important to you. Because there's so... I mean, I have this just massive pile sitting in my basement that I haven't even scratched the surface of because it's just impossible to figure out... Do you where, think, where anything is. Do you think most people would be bothered to go through all that work? I think if it wasn't who me. Who are not photographers or well, my, I know for minded. full well my daughter Lily is just going to throw all my it, stuff out. Put it in the, the box trash and can. throw it out. But I think she would keep things I thought were important. Mm, yeah. if it, but 
it's hard to to tell a loved one that something's important if you leave it in such disarray. Yeah. Right. So I think we all need to focus on making this. If we shoot a lot, then to to really make it clear what you think is important and what's not, and throw away stuff that isn't any good. I mean, if you got mm-hmm. something, I mean, we all don't know what the future importance is going to be of the images we shoot. I mean, there'll be things that you take a picture of something and then it gets destroyed or torn down or things like that. Yeah, it's true. But what I tried to do with my print file sleeves is when I would print a negative, I would take a Sharpie and mark, you know, around that negative. So, or put mm-hmm. a little dot. I had little red dots that would mark on negatives on the sh- on oh, the print file idea. itself. So, I was like, this is when I printed. And then, like I said, when I scan, I would I would write the file name on the scan. I mean, on the print file, so that I could at least correlate the two. Okay. So if someone wanted to do it, but but prints are the number one thing you want to save more than negatives. But I mean, you, as long as you can shine light through something, you're going to be able to reproduce a negative. Mm. And that's um. It's important to keep things organized because it's. I, I'm in a mess right now. <laughs> I mean, my own stuff is a bit of a mess, so I'm still trying to get all mine organized. Well, and then I've got my dad's on top of that. And then oh I also God. have family negatives from from the 1930s. I have pictures of Nazi Germany. Wow. That I'm still going through. I have pictures of Hurricane Hazel that wow. destroyed you know a lot of different parts of the United States. But I have the f- pictures of it after it hit Riceville Beach, North Carolina. That are pretty historic. I think there are a lot of good pictures in there. But I have to. I, I, they're a little bit here, a little bit here. I keep Those finding are from your family. Or? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. And I keep finding them all over the place. So I'm, I just sent Mike. This is a plug for Mike film scanning. I sent him eight rolls of Super Eight uh, to scan of family pictures, and I can't wait to see those. He's got you have them. no idea what they are. What's uh, on them? My mom has told me there's video of me playing in a toilet. Oh, and she just let me do it. <laughs> But she so, didn't tell you we're hanging by your heels in your all this all those family negatives all oh, that wow. all that film was all kept in a room that went you know 100 degrees during the summer down to 50 degrees or 40 some degrees during during the the winter. Wow, and uh, they somehow survived. I'm impressed. You can't you can't downplay the effort time effort time it will take to uh, archive family memories whether they're moving pictures or right. or I mean it's just time consuming. It is. It is. But uh, we need to go. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. We'll see you uh, soon. Or later. Check us out on YouTube. The tubes. Film Photography Tube. You'll see all our videos. How many? How many?